Look at my butt. Show number 188 of Look at His Butt. LT and JK Talk Trek. Welcome, listeners. Welcome. Here we are. To another episode of Look at His Butt. I'm Jungle Kitty. And I'm Lena Taylor, back again for another show. Just yes. cruising right into 2014. Well, gosh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about, as always. As always. There's there's so much always going on in the Bill world and the Trek world and the, yes. all of those things. So, But um, you had a great adventure, and we want to hear about it. Yeah, so um, I, I have a special report, uh, an on-the-ground report, that is to say. There Yay! was a, a small... Um, local comic book convention in my neighborhood this past weekend and I wanted to go to it for several reasons not the least of which that it was small and local which is always a good thing like to support the the local industry in comic books and science mm-hmm. fiction and also because I saw that the guys who made Back to Space Con which was that great little documentary that we watched a couple of months ago, were going to be there. And I thought, oh, this is a wonderful opportunity. I could go and talk to them and see what they had to say. So, now, refresh me and the listeners on what Back to Space Con was. Because I was, think I'm getting it confused with something else. It was a documentary that was made about the very first Star Trek conventions that were held in the Bay Area back in the very, very early 70s. Okay, I remember it, yes. And they had filmed there with, um, you know, 16-millimeter cameras. And they were some of the first conventions where the stars actually appeared. So they were held in San Francisco at a high school. I believe it was Lincoln High School. And George Takei was there. And um, DeForest Kelly was there. And and eventually they, they started having them through the years. And Bill showed up. Um, and there was some really interesting footage of him being really awkward because he had absolutely no idea how to be at a convention because he'd never right, done it before. Right. So uh, the best part about it, though, was them talking to the fans, the really eager and interested fans who were there. And we were just, you know, like, where are they now? Like, wondering whatever happened to these people. And it was so cool to see all the costumes that people were making and all the merchandise that people were selling and just mm-hmm. how interested and excited everybody was to be at a convention sure less than 10 years after the show had gone off the air basically and just being so excited to share this experience with other fans so yes um they were there and what they did was they talked a little bit about the movie and then they just showed for about 20 minutes all of the footage that they had taken just strung together in a big uh hodgepodge so in the movie itself as you remember they they just showed selections of it they had edited it down and then provided Mm -hmm. some voiceover commentary so this was just all of the footage that they had taken strung together chronologically in a in a big um motley collection and it was kind of interesting to see it um and a lot of it wasn't very good you know it wasn't very well lit or anything but it was neat to see all of it together and then they did a little q a afterwards um, people were asking what it was like and who they got to talk to and how they managed to get all the access. And it was because the guy who um, they were accompanying, Bob Wilkins, was a TV reporter at that time. So they were right, assigned right, to go right. with him. Yes. So um, I managed to have a word with the two guys who were there presenting it. And so I asked them, I told them who I was, and I said, you know, of course we had the movie and we talked about it on the show, and could we possibly do an interview with them? And they were like, oh, sure, we'd be happy to do it. So I gave them a card, got their cards, and so I'm going to get in touch with them and see if we can set up either an in-person interview, because they're local, they live in the area, where I could go meet with them. Um, or I, we could do it on Skype or something like that and uh, just get to ask them some of the questions that we would have about what the cons were like and what they did. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be really cool. But they seemed like nice guys. The room was really full. There were a lot of people there, and it seemed like folks were really, really interested in the whole con phenomenon. So that was cool. I think that is so great. Yeah, it was really neat. Um, the other part of the con that was really fun was that they there were a lot of people in costume because there was a costume aspect. So there were tons of people dressed up and just walking around in their costumes. There were, of course, people dressed in TOS costumes, including um, one dude dressed as an original Klingon who had a fantastic costume. I took a picture of him and, and tweeted it, but he... 
he was great. I mean, it was the whole nine yards. Yes. He, he looked really impressive. Um, there was another woman who was one of the um, actual judges of the costume competition who is a professional cosplayer who had a, a fairly impressive uh, TOS um like Uhura type red costume and she had a phaser mm-hmm. as well. That was good. And then there were a couple of other women there who were dressed in uh, TOS costumes and I took a picture of them cause I thought they looked really cool. And uh, yeah, lots of people in costumes and it was really fun, you know, for a local con that was only there for a day, there were mm-hmm. a lot of people and just everybody looked like they were having a great old time and hanging out and, you know, enjoying um, their geekiness. So it was where great. was this held? This was in Concord. Oh, okay. So it was just at a hotel, and mm-hmm. um, they did a good job as far as the location. It was right across the street from, like, a little mini mall, so there were lots of places to eat, which is always, mm-hmm. a, 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 like, a thing, right, with cons. Yes. Like, where yes. are there good places to eat? I think the only thing that could have made it a little bit better was uh, better access to coffee. <laughs> oh. <laughs> with, which is always a thing with cons. It's like, you guys need to have more coffee. <laughs> um, but I, I did track down some very expensive coffee, but I didn't care. It was okay. I would have paid a lot of money for coffee at that point. Good. So, yes, I had a good time at East Bay Comic Con, and we will definitely go next year. I was going to say, is this something that's held every year? Is this first time for this? Um, this was the first time, I believe, that they had had it under that name. They have had it, th- this organization had it before, but it had a different name, and it was in a different location. So they, they changed locations, and they changed the name. Um, and they, I think they just changed up the, the way it was run slightly. Uh, they combined a couple different events, and they had, uh, you know, just a, a different, different tracks than they had done before and maybe it was two days previously and they just condensed it down to one day but it seemed pretty well run to me I thought and it was in a nice hotel and uh, free parking and it was only five bucks to get in which was great like that that's great you know they shouldn't be charging more than five bucks for a one-day event it seems to me yes yes I think I think that sounds like a lot of fun as a small-scale local con yeah yeah so it was awesome. And I, I got to say, one other thing that happened was that, um, you know, we were, well, okay, so I bought something. I bought a piece of Trek crap, which I also tweeted a picture of. Um, I bought a Gorn mug. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because it's really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's it's big, you know. It's, it's like, I'm never going to use it to drink anything out of, but it's a really, really cool, brightly painted mug. Um, and I saw it and I thought, you know, I don't have a Gorn mug and, uh, <laughs> Gosh. I, it would look good on my shelf. Uh-huh. I could, I could like put some pencils into it and, and stuff. Yes. Um, so I bought, and it was cheap. It was only 10 bucks. And I thought, you know, I could, I could use this. And so the good thing about it was that, um, the guy who ran the little place where I was buying it didn't really seem to be a big Star Trek fan because as I was purchasing it, I said, uh, yeah, I'm really happy to get this. And he said, you know, this is from one of the episodes of the show. <laughs> really? Wow. And I, said, I said, yeah, I, I know. I know. Um, so, and then when I tweeted it, I tweeted a picture of it and our good friend Maynard responded with, uh, it looks like it should have a homemade cannon next to it. So. <laughs> Well, maybe that can be the next salt and pepper shaker set. Uh, yeah, that would be good. That would be very good. So, yeah, so I got a little piece of Trek crap out of it. So that was, you know, something I never thought I would see, and I saw it, and I bought it, so that was good. Yep. And then the other funny thing that happened was that uh, we bought some comic books and things, and I, I found a really interesting comic that I didn't ever think I'd see, and I got to chatting with the guy who uh drew it and wrote it and uh, we had a really interesting conversation and about halfway into our 20 minute chat he looked at me and he goes didn't you used to do a podcast about comics no (laughs) i was like uh yeah that was like eight years ago and he was like yeah i thought i knew who you were and so it was really that's cool so that was cool yep good so there you go there's my there's my field report it was a good time a good time was had by all Thank you for that field report. I find that very interesting, and I'm glad you had a good time and got a Gorn mug. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a little piece of news. Um, first of all, listeners, most of the list 
of topics that we're going to discuss today have to do with track crap. Yes. So I think we're going to try and get through the non-track crap first because then 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 it's out of the way and we can just talk about crap. But um, this little piece of news I found: uh, Brad Paisley, country singer, is apparently on tour. And this little piece of news says Bill opens for Brad Paisley. Uh, Paisley has a lavish show set up, which includes a Star Trek-inspired cartoon sequence opened by friend William Shatner while decked out in Captain Kirk garb. What does that mean? Well, what does that mean? And I looked online. I could not find this cartoon. Um, And there was no link to it. So... If anybody has gone to Brad Paisley's concert or plans to go to one, we really, really want a, a report. And if you can possibly get a picture of, you know, the part where Bill is in this, this Trek garb. I mean, it could be that same thing he wore when he did the uh, paintball thing. But, you know, we're, we're interested to know. And what's, what's in this cartoon? I mean, I'm intrigued by that. So that's your homework. Captain Kirk garb. Very interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Yes. Yes. So, um, let's see. What else? Okay. This is big. This is really big. Okay, go. You may remember many shows back, we discussed a book that was recommended to us that we found hilarious. The book Red Shirts. Yes. And it is going to be a TV series. Yay! So it says here, this is from Trek Today. Is, is, is the author's last name pronounced Scalzi or Scalzi? Do you Scalzi. Know? Scalzi. Okay. A limited series based on John Scalzi's novel, Red Shirts, is headed to television. FX, John Shestak, Ken Quapis, and Alexandra Beattie will develop the series. In Red Shirts, set in the 25th, 25th century, five new recruits on the starship Intrepid come to realize that the ship's crew members are dying at an alarming rate. Their investigation leads to the mind-bending discovery that a science fiction television show produced in the early 21st century has somehow intruded upon their reality and warped it. In other words, the lives of the crew are following the course of a television narrative over which they have no control. <laughs> Red Shirts is a madcap, I love <laughs> that word, madcap, hyper-meta tale, says Shestak. If Jorge Luis Borges had been a staff writer on the original Star Trek, he would no doubt have, condou- con- have concocted a story like Red Shirts, said Quapis. I can't wait. I am so excited. And FX, I believe, is just one of those regular basic cable stations. You don't have to pay extra. And there were parts of that book that just made me laugh so hard. And the the, the idea of making a television series out of a book that's being more or less haunted by another television <laughs> series is kind of mind-blowing in its own. I think it will be wonderful. If the right people are working on it, I think it'll be great. Yes. Now, um, I will also say, I, I read the comments here on IO, oh, IO9. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And someone mentioned that uh, Will Wheaton tweeted that he was reading a pilot script that he was really excited about and would be auditioning for. He <gasps> actually read the audiobook of Red Shirts, and I think it would be pretty darn cool if he happened to have a part in this as well. Oh. That would be pretty awesome. That would be amazing. It would be very meta. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yes, it would be great. And, of course, I think, I hope that they do the right thing. And if it is really a limited series, that they keep it as a limited series. Because it yes, had an arc, do the right? book. Yes, it had an, an arc. It, yeah, do the book, and, and that's the end of it. Yeah, let, let's not yeah. get carried away. Right. Yes. I'm wondering what they're going to do with the multiple endings. Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be a multiverse thing, and they'll just maybe you know, so. like show you what could have happened in various yes. ways. Yes. But I'm, I'm yes, I'm very excited about this too. Yay! I am too. I'm just uh, yeah, because that book was so so funny and so it. clever, and I thought so very well done. You know, yeah. I mean, as you can come up. I mean, not everybody could, but you can come up with a concept like that. But to execute it well, yeah, that that had to be 
challenging. And, and, you know, I applaud the author and I applaud these people for realizing this is great and more people need to be aware of it. Let's make it into a TV show. Uh, um, I'd, I'd like to talk now for a moment about yes. this um, Star Trek college course. Yes, let's talk about that. Because I'm actually... Um, you need to send me the link again. Okay. I'm actually going to give you the link to the course description at Georgetown University where this course is actually being offered. Because okay. Because this is far more informative. So, Georgetown okay. University, which is a real, like, actual, highly regarded <laughs> university... Um, is offering a course in their philosophy department, and it's called Philosophy and Star Trek. And it starts off in the course description with this sentence, Star Star Trek is very philosophical. Okay. Okay. What better, you know, I I guess that's that's a fact. What better way, then, to do philosophy but to watch Star Trek? As opposed to study philosophy. (laughs) And hash it all out in class and on Blackboard. That's the plan. This course will center on topics in metaphysics that come up again and again in Star Trek. In conjunction with watching Star Trek, we will read excerpts from the writings of great philosophers, extract key concepts and arguments, and then analyze those arguments. Questions we will wrestle with will wrestle with include, number one, is time travel possible? Could you go back and kill your grandmother? What is time? Number two, what is the relation between your mind and your brain? Are they separate items or identical? Can persons survive death? Could a machine someday think? Is data a person? Number three, what is a person? Must you have the same body to be you, same memories? When we do have one person, oh, sorry, when do we have one person and when do we have two? Think of the episodes where people split or fuse. Number four, do you have free will or are you determined by the laws of nature to do exactly what you wind up doing while believing you have free will or both? What is free will? And apparently, all of those questions are going to be settled in this class. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, that... I don't know. Uh, well. So, there you go. Now, I, I would say, uh, out of all of the questions here, uh, this thing about what is the relation between your mind and your brain, mm-hmm. that's not really a question you have to wrestle with. That's kind of settled. <laughs> You know, like like medical science has pretty much settled that question, so I don't uh-huh. think there's a lot to discuss about that. But, you know, that's just science. Um, so then the other stuff, you know, like is data a person? I, I, I don't know. Um, I wonder if there's going to be a lot of supplemental reading out of Star Trek fanzines about that because <laughs> I, I think that's been hashed out in a lot of other places. <laughs> But, you know, to me, that is still a a valid question. I mean, not necessarily as data person, but is this independent thinking machine Mm -hmm. a person? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, So this this is very interesting. I wonder if in the is time travel possible area, they're going to throw in a few episodes of Doctor Who as well. (laughs) You know, just to cover all the Well, this is, I don't know, specific to Star Trek. It's not philosophy and Doctor Who. But I'm wondering, do you think at some point you would be able to, not right now, but at some point major in Star Trek? To major in Star Trek? Gosh, I don't know. What would that mean? What would that mean to have a degree in Star Trek? I feel like we have degrees in Star Trek. What does it mean to have a degree in philosophy? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, honestly. To have a degree in anything, because my feeling after living many years and never having done anything, I've done many jobs that required that you have a degree, but not a specific one. Uh I think in many, many cases, getting that college degree is the arbitrary hurdle. Oh, I shows you're ready to be a grown up. I completely agree. And, you know, as, as the holder of several degrees, I don't think it makes me any smarter. <laughs> and, and as someone who is uh, very, very close to having a, a PhD, like being mm-hmm. a little bit away from that, I don't think it would make me any smarter to have the doctor of philosophy. Like, what would that mean to be a doctor of philosophy? Well, and here's the thing. Do you think it would <laughs> make you any more qualified 
or better at the work you do? Because you no. at least work in your own field. Yeah. No, it wouldn't make the slightest bit of difference. Nothing Right, at all. because my whole money-earning career, now I'm not talking about the acting or the singing or anything, my whole money-earning career has sprung from a personal typing course I took in junior high. <laughs> Because I got into computers through word processing, and in the early days, since there, nobody knew what it was anyway, the requirement was that you type fast and accurately. Yeah. I have a college degree in theater and music, and supposedly I'm qualified to teach. <laughs> <laughs> well, here I think that um, for the purposes of doing the podcast and everything, that we already have degrees in Star Trek. And well, we have the knowledge. Yeah. We don't have the piece of paper. Well, we could make the piece of paper. <laughs> but, I mean, from a from a, a, an accredited university, could you major in Star Trek? I, I'm assuming that at some universities in the English and literature department, you could major or minor in science fiction and fantasy, couldn't you? As um, a specialty? I'm Certainly sure. use that as a, sure. as a master's or Ph.D. topic. I'm sure you could. Okay, here. This is what's going to happen. When okay. I put it to you that when uh, some university finally does offer a degree in Star Trek, I will take all of the podcasts that you and I have done over the years. I will okay. burn I will burn them to DVDs. I will mail them in and say, "Please send us back a piece of paper with our degrees." <laughs> And they will. Or or give us our honorary doctorates. I'd rather have yeah. the degree, but it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, sure. They'll do that because they have to because because we deserve it, basically. Well, it's like when, when you go to college and you take certain tests so that you can, you know, skip freshman English because uh-huh. you've already read all those books and everything. This would be our, yeah, let, let's, you know, skip the whole thing. We know it all. Yeah. And, uh. Where's our sheepskin? Yes. And yep. and failing all that, we could get Bill to vouch for us. And what else? Oh. What more do you need if Bill vouches well, for you? <laughs> it's true, except Bill knows nothing about it. Well, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't vouch for us. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean that at all. Bill knows nothing about discount travel. <laughs> But, you know, it started as, you know, something being offered by um, Phoenix University, you know, one of those <laughs> ones that don't actually have a campus or anything. And yes. This is true. Well, we'll have to keep an eye on that. So, listeners, if anybody out there knows if there's a, a university, accredited or not, that offers a degree <laughs> in Star Trek, I'd like to know about it. We want to know. So let us yes. know. Yes. Yes, and you know, if, if if it's one that wants guest speakers and it's in an, an interesting location, someplace we'd want to be, yeah, here that we are. Good. That sounds here good. Here we are. Maybe the Open University is looking for instructors in Star Trek. We could do that. Oh yeah, or um um, we could go uh, not as guest lecturers exactly, but do our look at his butt live. Oh, that's true. That is more educational than anything else you are going to get. <laughs> So true. <laughs> that sets you up for life right there. Yep. Yep. Wouldn't that be great if we could get like on the lecture circuit doing <laughs> look at his butt live. <laughs> Educational and, and entertaining. Yeah, there's no reason that those two can't intersect. Oh, it would be awesome. Yeah. Somebody make that happen, please. Yes, please. Please please make it happen. I think that's wonderful. Okay. Um, moving right along. Okay. Uh, let, okay. Where did you... What, what is this Paramount thing in Spain? I don't understand this. Okay. The, in Spain, they are building a... I got to find that on my list. A um, theme park. <laughs> a Paramount and theme park. A Paramount theme park. And... Where did it go? Oh, here it is. And it's going to have some Star Trek stuff. And I read through it, and it sounds an awful lot like the Star Trek experience that we went to in Las Vegas. Yeah. So it says, a new park is to open in Alhambra, Alhama de Murcia, Spain, late next year, and it will be of interest to Star Trek fans. The park features several Star Trek-themed ideas. Um. 
it will not only be an amusement park. Now, this sounds like the original plans for Disney World, but uh-huh. will also include a lifestyle center with condos, office buildings, leisure gardens, and hotels. The lands <laughs> included in the park are Paseo Paramount, where guests will enter the park through a recreation of the legendary Hollywood Paramount Studios gate, Adventure City, Rango's West, the Enchanted Forest, and Plaza Futura, where everything will be in the Futura font. (laughs) Plaza (laughs) Plaza Futura will be where Trek fans will find the Star Trek attractions, including Starfleet Spain Recruiting Center. Now I want to know more about that. A 3D simulator ride that will be set in a recruitment center in which guests will live adventures in outer space. And the Warp Speed Coaster, a high-speed roller coaster with loops and an underground section. Paramount Park Mercia is scheduled to open in late 2015. Okay. So, at this point, that's all we know about it, but... We, we look forward to that opening and getting reviews from our Spanish listeners. That's true. Um, so uh, the 3D simulator ride does sound quite a bit like the Star Trek experience. And then the mm-hmm. roller coaster thing seems like some of the things that they have at, uh, at Disney, Disney World. Yes, yes. It looks like from the picture. Um, I have to say that uh, there's a photograph in this link that you sent where it shows mm-hmm. people sort of walking around outside the, the Starfleet headquarters that has to be yeah. one of the worst Photoshop things I've ever seen. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. But, you know, that that's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of wondering why the – I mean, there is a – I know they do a Paramount tour out in Hollywood, and they probably do not have space. But is there a Paramount theme park like down in Orlando where all the theme parks are? Oh, that's a good question. I really don't know. I, I mean, and they, I'm I'm wondering if there is. Why didn't they add this to it, or why didn't yeah. they? You know, why is it debuting in Spain and not in America? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. The only ones I know about are the Universal ones, where they have all the mm. movie stuff. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. So, um, you know, we're gonna have to brush up our high school Spanish. <laughs> And get over there with our Star Trek degrees. Yes. And dazzle everyone with our amazing knowledge. Yeah, that's that's it. We'll be staffing the uh, the trivia area. Yes, yes, yes. I wonder um, if they'll have some of those uh, really cool Star Trek uh, slot machines that we saw, that we saw when we were in Las Vegas. That would be oh, I, I don't know if it's a slot machine type place, but I'm thinking. If they could really get to work on their holographic technology so it's very real, wouldn't it be great if there was a Captain Kirk kissing booth? Ooh, yes. Yeah. Well, that improves just about anything. I mean. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. In fact, they should have that at that college that we're getting our degrees from. Absolutely. Okay, let's take a little break. Oh, um, can I say one more thing before oh. we take a break? Because then I think we're going straight into Trek crap, right? We have so much Trek crap. We sure do. Okay, this is just a, a quickie. We will post the link. But you may remember from um, many, many, many shows ago, we discussed the Alfred Hitchcock episode, Mother May I Go Out yes. to Swim. And you can watch that whole thing now on YouTube. But the reason I'm recommending it is every time I hear about it now, I start giggling because of you pointing out that they're doing these Bugs Bunny accents, and I want you to do it again. So if you want to hear Bill doing this type of accent, go watch that. Oh, yes. It was so funny. Doesn't he wear a cravat in that? (laughs) Yes. His mother is played by Natalie Schaefer, Mrs. Howell from Gilligan's Island. But do the the thing. Say, oh, mummy. Oh, mummy. Like that, and he says he's ever so slightly. He's not gay. He's just effeminate. He's ever so yes. slightly effeminate. He's got that weird. It's just like oh, oh, mummy. It's just so funny. <laughs> so yeah, you you do want to go see that, and we'll post the link. I yes. just wanted to make sure everybody got a chance to see it because it's you know if you're thinking Bugs Bunny, it's pretty darn funny. It is. It is totally good. Okay, um, okay let's take our break, break, and then we have just an avalanche of stuff to talk about. Honestly, <laughs> we truly do. Okay. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. 
to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Talk to us, listeners. We love hearing from you. Send email to lookathisbutt at gmail.com, leave comments at lookathisbutt.blogspot.com, and don't forget our Facebook page, this podcast produced on a MacBook Pro with GarageBand. Okay, welcome back. We lied. We are not going straight into Trek Crap. We have one more other non-Trek Crap thing to discuss, so we will turn this over to uh, Lena Taylor, Ph.D. Yes, yes. So um, I had another back and forth with the voice of the planet guy, John Barnacle, because I had to ask him the question that was on everybody's mind, which was, did you meet Bill? So he said no. I never cited William Shatner during his time at Maryland Public Television. That was the public TV outlet that was sponsoring the whole Voice of the Planet thing. But he said two things about him. Number one, the closest I came to Mr. Shatner was single and double hearsay about the behavior of the woman who was his personal handler. It sounded like she seemed to shield or protect him from others. I forget her name, but I do recall that she was the wife of the man in charge of the carpentry shop at Maryland Public Television, and she sometimes did make up on various Maryland Public Television shows. Number two, I heard that William Shatner's character was going to talk through to Gaia, so Gaia was the spirit of the earth, right. the computer, and they dialogue about how humans have trashed the planet. Gaia's voice was supposed to be Faye Dunaway's. However, I later heard that Gaia was going to be portrayed by the producer's girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't it actually Faye Dunaway? I can't remember. Um, I thought it was. Maybe it was. So, but that's pretty funny. Maybe though. Faye I Dunaway mean, is the producer's girlfriend. Maybe that can that might be. Um, so he, and then very nicely he says, "Please ask anything you want. In the meantime, I'll check out your podcast." So um, he didn't get to meet Bill. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't really surprise me, you know, as a member of the right. crew. Bill probably right. did all his stuff in, you know, a space of like three or four days and didn't mm-hmm. get a lot of interaction with people. But interesting that, you know, he had a handler who kept him away from everybody else and probably yes. made sure that all his stuff was taken care of and that he was, uh, you know, people weren't coming around and bothering him for autographs and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that was very interesting. Yes. So I am going to ask him um, in the next email that I sent back if he had any idea how Bill got involved in this. You know, yes, I think we had read that, you know, Bill was kind of involved in uh, movements like he was vegetarian for a while and and Mm -hmm. he was interested in in, uh, things to ecology movements and stuff like that but i wonder if there was like a person or something that just got him involved in that sort of thing so i'll see if our good friend john barnacle has any insight into that yes if he knows how that came to be and how bill came to be involved in that yeah because i would like to know okay now i wish we had a musical segue here for track crap but we're starting out with a couple of pictures i found and they are frightening (laughs) um and the first one came from a Facebook group called Antoyquity. And it is, I'm assuming, a toy that you could actually have bought at some point. It's called Mr. Rock. It was put out in the 70s. It's an 8-inch figure, action figure by Lincoln International. Now, wasn't that Gene uh, Roddenberry's thing? Well, he used Lincoln, but I don't think it was Lincoln International. I believe um, the Trek stuff was Lincoln Enterprises. Oh, okay. This is Mr. Rock, space adventurer from another planet. And it's a doll that has eyebrows like Mr. Spock Uh and not Spockish hair, but he wears a blue sort of knitted sweater uh-huh. <laughs> with two stripes and some weird logo on it that I haven't got a clue about what that is supposed to be, and uh, black pants, and he's standing on a planet. Now, there's another picture of this from the Mego Museum. Yeah, from our friends at the Mego Museum. Yes, of him uh, holding what appears to me to be a rabbit pearl vibrator. <laughs> it looks like it, Yes. Yes. And so it's Mr. Mr. Rock with a space toy. He doesn't have pointed ears. 
No, he doesn't have pointed ears, but he does have the eyebrows and yes. the sort of the smirky look. And, um, you know, like I say, it's very close to the TOS uniform. He's got a black turtleneck over which this blue thing is put. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. This looks like the kind of toy that um, some poor, unfortunate child would get because your parent was looking for a Star Trek toy and wasn't clued in enough to know the difference. And, <laughs> I was going know, to say, your parent was clueless. They were in Woolworths and they saw it and, <laughs> you know, they were like, oh, this looks like it's probably the right thing. Yeah, This'll this do. is from that show. This yeah. is from that show. So yes. I'll bring it home and, and this will score me some points with my child and yes. imagine the heartbreak on little Timmy's face when this is what they got. Yes. Yeah. Okay, the next reason, the next photo is the reason I said this is frightening. <laughs> uh, it, uh, this looks like they took pieces of a bunch of toys and put it together. It sure but does. <laughs> it's supposed to be Kirk from Charlie X. <laughs> and so it's got that bad Kirk head on it uh-huh. where the, the skin is too dark. They've jammed it on to some body that has a wasp waist. <laughs> And really weird arms where the muscle articulation just makes it look... Okay, here's how I'll put it. The arms also have wasp waists. They do. It's true. Yes. And uh, then he is in the red tights with the little Starfleet logo on it. Uh-huh. And it's, I think it's scary. And I found this picture, and it was labeled Mego Charlie X Kirk. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think they took the Mego head, I don't know where they got the body, and somehow somebody made the red tights. It's so ugly. It's so <laughs> incredibly ugly. It really just, is. It really is. It's just, oh, so scary. I, I like, if you were going to make one to have to be a cool thing, that would be one, one uh, like a thing that you would do. Be like, oh, look at this cool toy that I made to have. Well, but it's like you just... made me a ripped shirt, Kirk. Yeah, like that. that's cool. This is yes. just horrible. Like, ew, you wouldn't want to have this and you wouldn't want to show it to people because it's so ill-formed and Frankensteinish. <laughs> it is. It's Frankensteinish. It's scary. Yeah. Some some demented child put that together. And yes. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Like a, a, a Toy Story Sid Sid toy. It's really bad. <laughs> really, really, really bad. Okay. Okay. So, um, moving on. Moving on. For the, those of us who work in offices, <laughs> Trek office products. Trek crap for the office. Yeah. For the office. What office doesn't need the need these? It comes from Icon Heroes, and one is um, a Star Trek stack of post-its. Science Blue. And one is bookends. So, you know, these could be in the home where the the classic font, two-line Star Trek, is broken in half. So ST and TR, those two halves of lines are one bookend, and AR and EK are the other half. So I think if they're close together like they are in the picture, you'd know they were Star Trek. But if they weren't, you'd wonder what the hell is going on. Uh-huh. And then my favorite is the the spa can making the live long and prosper gesture, the finger salute, that you could put like business cards in. But what I'm enjoying about it is that the the thumb is is almost deformed so that the business cards will, will stay there. Uh-huh. So um that's uh, and that's coming out at the end of the year. Um, oh wait, no, no, they're they're they will debut in the third quarter. While the uh, the sticky notes will come at the end of the year. Okay. Now, uh, there is one other thing that they're not picturing here. I've just noticed yes. there's a fourth item, which is a letter opener. Uh, yes, a Klingon letter opener. A Klingon letter opener. I'm trying to find... Oh, and there it is. And that actually looks like a weapon. <laughs> really? Where did you find it? What did you click? I, I clicked through. If you go down to the bottom of the page there... Where oh, it says um, the collective. Oh, and look, you can get the the um, the sticky notes in gold and red, also, not just in oh, blue. Oh, okay. 
Wait, but when yes. you click letter opener, it doesn't go to a letter opener. So you click 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 Trek Collective. Yes, Trek Collective. I'm sorry, that's what the link okay. is. Okay. So yes, uh, you can. There, there are better pictures of the things there. So yes, you can get. Uh, and, ah, and you can get the ooh. hand comes in gold, but it also comes in, uh, I guess, Vulcan color. And then you can get the uh, Batleth letter opener. and That, that looks, is frightening. It is pretty dangerous. So I guess that serves a dual purpose where you could use it to open letters, but you could also defend yourself in case you had to, uh, you know, in case some evil alien came into your office or something like that. You could use it to defend yourself. Okay, the one I just clicked was um, new Hot Wheels Star Trek cars. Really? Oh, my God. It looks like the monkey mobile. Quick. Tra- <laughs> Click it. <laughs> Hot Down Wheels Star Trek cars, huh? Yeah. Oh, I see that. Okay, just a second. <laughs> Let's go look at that. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> okay, I had seen the truck with with ba- a bad, bad Kirk drawing on it, but I had never seen... The, the one where the three guys are on the transporter on top of it. Oh, that is so unbelievable. That's crazy. It's a, it's a hearse painted green <laughs> with the, 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 the goofy, fun Marvy letters saying Star yeah. Trek on the side. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Hot Wheels, Star Trek cars. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and there's a. <laughs> Very strange, I think, former school bus. A little farther down. Yep, I see that one. Oh. And then there's a, and there's a Jeep a... Wagoneer. <laughs> yeah, and that poor Uhura, that's what she's on. Yeah, she gets stuck with that one. And then Scotty gets stuck with, like, the um, the ice cream truck down a little <laughs> bit further. And, um... Let's see, Sulu gets the Munsters car. He does, he does. Now painted red. These are too funny. Wow. Oh, my God. You see what happens when you go looking for Trek crap, peep? Why? Okay. Answer me this, Batman. Why (laughs) why does Kirk not get, like, the sleekest, hottest hot rod that there possibly could be? The two-seater. I'll tell you why. These are items that normally, when they're non-Trek, do not sell. Oh. So they said, let's slap Star Trek shit on it, and it'll sell. And they went, great, but the sleek, really good Hot Wheels cars, they sell. All right. You're right. It's true. That's what I think. Okay. You're right. Because, you know, that's what Kirk would have, right? Oh, yeah. <sighs> He'd have the babe mobile. And it would come with, you know, two or three babes riding in the back seat. Of course. Of course. Okay. Okay. Bobbleheads. Uh- Okay, oh, man. Okay, wait a minute. Heck, I gotta man. get get out of get out of Trek Collective. Uh, the Wrath of Khan bobbleheads, and this ties into what we were just talking about because these are the bobbleheads of Kirk, Khan, and Spock from Wrath of Khan. I think the Khan one looks like Davy Jones. He if Davy if Davy had gray hair. Yeah. He also, like, what is with the expression on his face? <laughs> he looks like, he, he he looks like Oliver going, please, sir, can I have some more? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that is not a con expression. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. And um, Kirk has his hand on his belt. And it's almost like he's reaching for his dick. Yeah. Yeah, and... Uh, Oh, and Spock's missing his left arm. (laughs) Well, I think it's supposed to be, like, behind his back. But maybe that's the new theme in Trek Craft. (laughs) Spock missing an arm, yeah. Well, because that's how that salt and pepper shaker thing was we talked about last week. I was just thinking about that. Yes, this is true. And each of these bobbleheads costs 15 bucks. So if you have 15 bucks to throw away, send it to me. (laughs) Exactly. Don't don't buy this crap. Buy yourself a Gorn mug, man. It's a much better Yeah, much yeah, better and you, you'll have like $5 left over. Okay. Uh, let me see. Did I have? Oh, there's an Enterprise projection clock. Yes, I saw that. Uh, that's yes. actually kind of cool. At least you get some value out of it. Like, it tells you what time it is. Although it's 50 bucks. Yeah. It's called a shipboard chronometer. Oh, sorry. It's not a clock. <laughs> My yes. mistake. And it says, even when you're deployed on a ship out in space where the 24-hour day is a formality, 
time is still important. If you don't start your duty watch on time, your commanding officer and whomever you're relieving are going to be miffed. Boy, can you imagine Kirk dressing down a young ensign and saying, I'm miffed. (laughs) Yeah, that's Um, the word that he would use, too. And you'd better not blame it on the ship's bell, because based on how frequently we hear those on the Enterprise, they're not the best indicators. (laughs) Oh, dear. Um, Let's see if there are any comments. Oh, there's a lot of comments. Are there? 27 comments. Not the part I'm looking at. You might, okay, do, is there anything good in the comments? Oh. This most important feature, it has a five-minute snooze function, which I think is pretty cool. Oh, there are lots of people asking about displays and things like this. I don't think anybody's being very funny. Oh, okay, it says, when you receive this clock, we highly recommend you synchronize it by contacting a Federation time Good luck finding one of those. <laughs> so um, that's um, that's another piece of Trek crap. Oh, but there's one good thing about it. This is what okay. would be the best thing. It features sounds from the show. Mm-hmm. And one of the sounds that you could wake up to is Kirk calling from the bridge. <gasps> okay, that would get me up. That would totally be worth it. Can you imagine? Totally you're worth there? it. Seventy-five dollars. Yep. And yep. you know, there's Kirk going. Um, Captain Kirk. <laughs> this is Captain Kirk. Oh, and I just roll over and expect him to be there. You just expect him to be there. All oh. hands. This is the captain. Oh. The Ooh. captain is all hands. I've the, heard that. I've heard that too. <laughs> yeah. You can bring those hands right over here. And anything else you got, baby. That's right. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh well, goodness. at least one person knew what they were doing when they put that in there. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah, they, they they had their head on straight. Yes, okay. Okay, so shall we go to the wonderful world of Etsy? Let's do it. Let's do Etsy. All right. Um, we have quite a few interesting Etsy things because we haven't checked in with our friends in Etsy for a while. <laughs> and uh, there's some interesting things in here. And then there's a couple of real, real gold-plated winners right at the end. So, um, Okay. Let, let's go. So the very first thing is... Very, very strange, and I don't understand it. Um, and there are some related items that go with it that I, I don't understand those either, but it's definitely worth talking about. So if you will Hell yes. click on the first one. This is um, an 8-inch TV celebrity tribute candle. Candle. Star Trek, Captain, Captain Kirk, William Shatner. Now, it's a candle, I guess. I and guess. It's, it's, All I'm seeing is the picture of what's on the candle. Yeah. And but, okay. it's it's William Shatner, Captain Kirk, but he's dressed as the Pope. That's why I gasped <laughs> when I clicked to it. So here's the description. Pay tribute to your favorite characters on Star Trek, the Kirk years. It's like the Wonder years. <laughs> With this seven-day candle. Wait. Captain Kirk, a.k.a. William Shatner, was out of this world on the Enterprise way before Priceline as the stoic starship captain that we all grew up with. Here, reinvented as a Pope. Masterpiece in this tribute candle for his ultimate fans. This special edition of the Star Trek cast, each one is featured in this collection entitled The Trouble with Popes. The Trouble with Popes. Oh my god! As the series continues to be run and rerun, rerun with Trekkie parties and events gaining new fans, the original Star Trek created the geek. So this is a must-have set. So when while you're in mid-season at your home for the 10th time, add to the fun with these candles and burn one. I don't know what that means. Uh, this eye-catching candle makes a great conversation piece, too. Perfect for your next Star Trek marathon party or just light while watching the show alone. Either way, it's fun and wacky. Perfect gift for that fan who seems to have everything. 8-inch glass holder and candle with full-color printed image by me. The label is a gloss photo paper, so it really has color pop, unlike regular paper. Everyone will notice these candles. So it's a candle, and it's got this photo printed on it. So she's taken this picture of Bill as Captain Kirk and made him into a pope, and he's got a little pope hat on his head, like the Pope Yannicka. And um, it's a very elaborate picture of him as the pope. Uh, what drugs do you have to be on to um, think of making a Kirk Pope candle? I, I, I don't know, but if so, you see how um, 
on the picture, you can click to the right. If you do that, yes. it shows you all of the the Star Trek people. As yes, and uh, Uhura looks more like Cleopatra. She does. I, I particularly like Spock as the Pope because he's got the Pope mitre on his head, which yes. really looks kind of cool. <laughs> um, and Sulu looks more like a portrait of Machiavelli. He does. He does. Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. So it's just, it's weird. And she's done all kinds of celebrities as popes. Yes, uh, and, I was looking. There's quite a list. There's quite a list of them. So, yeah. So you could get this candle and you could have Captain Kirk be the pope. $13. All right. $13. Okay. But would you okay. Ever so that was number it? one. Okay. That was pretty amazing. I'm kind of afraid to go on, but I will go to number two here. Okay. Number two. This is Captain Kirk versus the Gorn. So, <laughs> this is just a little silly. Uh, yeah. It's, it's an illustration by uh, a man named Troy Hoover. Hi, Troy. And it's depicting the classic fight between Captain Kirk and the Gorn, mimicking the classic photo of Muhammad Ali versus Sonny Liston. So, oh. <laughs> so, I love the concept. What I love about it is that Captain Kirk doesn't look anything like Captain Kirk. It's just no. some, some angry guy. Going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's the Gorn on his back. Looking yes. Like, looking like Sonny Liston, who just got knocked out. <laughs> but yep, Kirk doesn't look anything like Kirk whatsoever. No. But it's oh a funny boy. Concept. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah. Nice colors, but nice I don't colors. want it. Don't want it on my panel day, Kirk. No. No. Anyway. No. So okay. All right. There we go. Now, All the right. next thing is a thing that I didn't know existed, and I am tempted to think that this might actually be sort of fun to play. Uh, hey. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. With the right I, people. I have this, or I had it. Did we ever play it? it no, we didn't, because we all thought it was lame. <laughs> well, I don't remember it. I and was given it as a gift, and and we thought... Oh, cool. And then we saw it was Next Gen. Okay. So what it is is how to host a mystery game featuring the Star Trek Next Generation cast. You have a chance of being one of eight characters, Riker, Crusher, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the game, this particular game is complete and unused. You and your guests are the star suspect. So it's... How to Host a Mystery, the Star Trek version. I've never played one of these games, so I don't really understand how they work. Is it like Clue? Well, no, you're not moving around a board as far uh -huh. as I know. But you are, you're all supposed to be staying in character and do this, this mystery thing. I've never done it either. And frankly, I don't know anybody who has. And I'm not surprised this is brand new and unopened. <laughs> because I bet every single one of these that exists is still brand new and unopened. Um. This is great. The description says, um, "High spirits soon turn tune." Uh, I can't talk. High spirits soon turn turn to astonishment as Captain Jean Luc Picard announces a theft of universal proportion. You and your dinner guests will enjoy hours of suspense and intrigue, recreating eight of television's most fantastic roles and figuring out which Star Trek Next Generation suspect is guilty of committing the crime? Question mark. Um, so the very fact that it says it's going to take hours to play this game immediately <laughs> puts me off. It's like, no. Well, and when it said there's been a terrible theft, I thought, I would rather read the story about the Space Carnival and the missing crate of D, <laughs> which doesn't take hours and I'm sure is much more fun than this. Okay. Um, well, good. I totally did not remember that you owned this thing at one point yes. or maybe yes. still own it somewhere in a box. No, it's um, it's gone. I'm sure it's gone. Okay. If anybody out there has ever played this game or knows someone who's played this game, I'd really like to know uh, if it was terrible. And I refuse to play any Star Trek game now that doesn't include the possibility of being bitched out by a mean admiral. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or have someone shake their fist or finger at you. Yes, <laughs> shake their finger. Because I believe that happened quite a lot <laughs> to us, personally. Yes, <laughs> when the captain was miffed. When he was mad. <laughs> he was angry. You know, I, I was just thinking about the description in that, uh, the candle thing. Yeah. And, it, and when she said, uh, 
He was the stoic starship captain. He wasn't stoic. No. Captain Kirk was the least stoic starship captain ever. (laughs) Yeah, that's what made him great. Because he was always yelling at people and stuff. Yeah. And and when he wasn't yelling at people, he was cracking wise or or trying to make time with the beautiful ladies. Yeah. Okay. That's so wrong. Okay. They don't know what that word means. Okay. We we leap right on over to something incredibly weird and funny. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why this exists. It's 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 a bird pillow. It's a Captain Kirk bird pillow. That is, it's a pillow, and it's Captain Kirk in the form of a bird, wearing his little his little tunic and carrying a phaser and and sitting in a chair, I guess. Because, <laughs> see, he's got the little thing right there on the side. It says yellow alert and red alert, and I can't read the next thing underneath yep, it. Yep, yep. <laughs> Get your favorite seductive captain in bird pillow form. Pillow is very huggable at just about 12 inches tall, and he is made from organic cotton with marble print fleece backing. Design drawn and sewn by me. Please anticipate variations in pillow backing pattern. Okay, what I appreciate about the Kirk bird is his bird, quote-unquote, hair. Yes! (laughs) He's got the little curl! I know, it's too funny! looks pretty Kirkish, I gotta say. For a bird, yeah. For a bird, yeah. Oh, now, if you click, there's just a strange-shaped pillow with Kirk and Spock on it. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Oh, but that's the back. That's the back. Oh, okay. Now, um, further down on the side, there is a Spock bird and a redshirt bird. Yes. The the Spock bird is, uh, he's miffed. Oh, he's sleeping. (laughs) Oh, is he sleeping? Is that what's wrong Yes. The red shirt bird looks very sad. Well. I think that's because he knows he's going to (laughs) die. He's worried and he's got little bird tears. (laughs) He's a very sad little birdie. And and yeah, and he's holding a piece of paper that says duty away team. That's too funny. It's really good. Poor little red shirt bird. Little red birdie. (laughs) Get your favorite alien cannon fodder bird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the poor guy. Now it makes me feel sorry for him. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so I, I think these are sort of adorable, I have to say. In their own very strange way, yes. The red shirt one is adorable. It is. So there you go. Yes. So there's Captain And, and kind, in, kind of heartbreaking. In, in bird form. Okay. Yes. So now we got three to go. Here we, here we okay, go. Okay, and I'm scared of, of just the title on this one. Okay, this okay. is funny. This is really funny. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a t-shirt. The title of the t-shirt is Captain Twerk. Boldly go where no man has gone before with this geeky tee Twerk and Kirk shirt. The reason I love this is because of the picture. Yeah. <laughs> It is the funniest thing I have ever seen. I swear to God. <laughs> it's like this illustration of Kirk sort of in cartoony form and he's twerking mm-hmm. and he just looks so happy. He <laughs> is enjoying the hell out of twerking. Well, yeah. He's having a great, great time. It says, shake it Star Trek style. Captain Kirk Woo! does the Captain Twerk. Boldly go where no man has gone before. Oh my God. I just love that he's having a great time, and he's got little um, uh, action lines coming off his butt there, as you can probably yeah, see. Yeah, well, and, you know, Kirk's butt. Uh, of course, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nobody has a, a butt like him. Nobody. So, I, I think that this is a great idea, and I, I love that he's having such a good time shaking it. Good for him. Yeah. So, Captain, Captain Twerk. Twerk. It was an obvious joke. You knew somebody was going to make it. In fact, well, Yes. But at least it looks like him. It does look like him, and he, he is having a good time. It's a well-drawn image of Captain Twerk. Captain Twerk. Um, and this is all over Etsy, by the way. You can buy these from, like, a million different people. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Oh, now that's this, too funny. It's good. Now, the next one is the best Valentine's Day card I've ever seen. Okay. It's from Captain Kirk. <laughs> That is so perfect. Isn't it great? Okay. It's 
it's a picture, and I know what this is taken from, too. This is um, someone traced uh, Kirk from the animated series. This oh, is just one of yeah. the stock images yeah. of him from animated series. And it's, it's sort of crudely done, but purposefully oh, so, yeah. I think. And um, it's got sort of a watercolorish background and written in very sloppily done magic marker next to it. <laughs> and it's called Captain Kirk Valentine's Day card. It says, do I even need a pickup line? <laughs> <laughs> Did you read the description? Yes, it says, <laughs> pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I love this so much. I yes. just saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. So perfect. And I think we all know the answer, of course. Of course, yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's so wonderful. Do I even need a pickup line? <laughs> I love the fact that it doesn't, like nowhere on the card does it say anything. Like it doesn't say Captain Kirk or anything like that. It's just him. It's just a picture you of him. You just know. You just know. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is so, very, that is so beautiful. So well done. Oh, my Such God. Such a, a great, so, great so, thing. So, funny. Yeah. And the answer, of course, is no. Never. Never ever. The women are the women are working for their on their pickup lines for him. They are. They totally are. So that's my second favorite thing. Okay, now this last thing is just I don't know why, but this made me laugh and laugh, and I found it totally by accident. And I hope you love it as much as I do. Okay. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know they sold stuff like this. A quote from one of my favorite, favorite, favorite movies. Yes. Um, They sell Galaxy Quest stuff. Of course they do on Etsy. Why did I not think that they would sell Galaxy Quest stuff on Etsy? For all the Questarians. For all the Questarians. This is a patch that someone has made lovingly by hand. It's beautiful. It's beautifully made. It is. It's very well done. It's just gorgeous. And it's a little picture of a hammer. And it says, by Grabthar's hammer, dot, dot, dot. What a savings. <laughs> Period. And I can hear that. I yes. can hear ex- <laughs> What a savings. <laughs> oh, that that is a find. That's wonderful. All right. I I, I love it. I I think it's perfect and as I, as I was saying, I in my head, I'm hearing Alan Rickman saying that line. Yes, and the description here, the item details, says, the resignation in Alan Rickman's voice for that line is just perfect. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I just, I saw it, and I was just, I laughed and laughed and laughed, and I flashed back to that scene in the movie. And Oh, yes. Oh, God. That's wonderful. So very, very, very funny. What a savings. <laughs> what a savings. <laughs> you know, the, though, that, that whole thing by Grabthar's Hammer, I just have to say, that is so significant and key in this movie where he calls it the stupid line. We see him deliver this what a savings. <laughs> And then when he actually delivers the line with great meaning, yes, as uh, Gwilig is dying, I mean it's 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 heartbreaking. It's, it and is. it shows what a, what a good actor he is. And but um, to have chosen that one, <laughs> not you shall be avenged, but what a saving! What a saving! <laughs> I'm glad you saved that for last because that is so funny. It just tickled me pink. I, I don't know why I never thought about looking for, for Galaxy Quest stuff before, but uh-huh. I'm so glad that I found this particular thing because I love it. I just think yes. it's the best thing. I love it, too. Uh, so there you go. That's the Etsy Roundup for this week. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for digging through all of Etsy to find those wonderful things for us. I'm still a little mind-boggled over, like, the, uh, the, the Pope candle, I think, is the for me the most confusing because the bird pillow was sort of redeemed by the red shirt one but the the pope candle i just i don't i don't see the connection i i don't get it either somebody just had an idea and they ran with it all these candles and then they they 
you know, I think sometimes people just go, I what make the things. Fuck? I, yeah, they do. <laughs> they just go, you know, I make things with, with famous people on them. There are Star Trek people out there who will buy anything with Star Trek faces. What the heck? I'll just do it. And that's, that's the how... Hot Wheels philosophy. Yeah, exactly. That's yes. and that's why is it McCoy's driving an ice cream truck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's how it works. Oh wow! Oh Trek crap! We do love you so. We do. Well, I think we are are done. I think we have gone through all of the the great and ridiculous stuff that we have had to we... go through this week. It's been quite a ride. It has been. It's uh, been amazing. And, uh, yeah, so this show, you know, had some news, had some discussion about higher education and a bunch of Trek crap. So uh, that's definitely what our minor is or one of our specialty areas is Trek crap. Um, So uh, please keep sending us email and comments and everything. Uh, Let us know what you're hearing out there in the world of Trek crap and what uh, other people are up to. Bill right now seems to be on the convention circuit. I think he's in Germany yes. right now. Doing he was creation. in Germany. Um, I thought I had found a write-up of it, but it wasn't. It was one picture and said Bill was energetic and entertaining. As always. As always. So um, haven't found any, any big news on that. Yeah, okay. But he's definitely he's getting around. He's doing cons and he's doing lots of other things. Um, and he's still doing his show, his live show. Yeah, yeah. So yep. he's he's out there. He's doing a mile a minute things um i I was chatting with uh the the guy who recognized me as the comics podcaster we got to talking about bill and uh just saying how amazing it is that he is still going at 110 percent at the age that he is and he, he was saying you know that there are an awful lot of people out there who used to really dislike him because he was he could he would used to take himself so seriously and that mm-hmm. basically the whole world has come around to loving him because he doesn't oh, yes. take himself seriously anymore and you know he's he's on his you know whatever his third or fourth career and i said yep that's or why 12th i love or him 13th. more than yes <laughs> <laughs> yep well we will um live long and keep on podcasting and we yes, hope you yes. will too live live long and keep and live long and listen thank you <laughs> uh, everybody keep sending us your comments and your emails we look forward to it thanks as always for listening and we'll be back soon with yet another show hooray all right bye-bye bye